some sort of power. Some spirit. It's connected to his art. <gasps> Truly goddamn strange is going on! Wait, what's the hell on Rotten Tomatoes? 66%? You, you said that earlier. I thought we were talking about something else for some reason. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Hey guys, welcome to Talk with Kevin. And Sarah. And yeah, uh, Sarah's looking up the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of this movie and is flummoxed. Like, positively flummoxed by this, right? possibility of being an interesting movie but it's not to say the least um this week we are talking about velvet buzzsaw that is a netflix original film directed by dan gilroy starring jake gyllenhaal renee russo tony collette zoe ashton and the rest (laughs) all right cool it's basically like the only ones that people are here for really Dovey diggs and john makovich Oh yeah! Oh, they're they're, too, yeah. they're good actors. Yeah, they're like they're not and the rest. No, they're not. No, especially John they Malkovich. like bit parts, so that's why. Yeah, but we're all like the 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 rope that lassoed the people in was Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course. Yeah. So um. So lassoed me in. Absolutely. Uh, so we saw the trailer for this movie uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like in January. Something like that. It, it came out of nowhere. It really did. And then they announced the release date, February 1st? Yep. Alright, so it came out a couple days ago, and uh, we were trying to figure out what to make an episode on, because, as you know, January is, like, the doldrums for cinema movies. It sucks. Yeah, we haven't been to the movies in, like, since December, if I'm not mistaken. You would be correct. I mean, uh, it's also been, you know, like, from, like, mid-December to, like, the second week of January, it's hard because you got holiday stuff going on, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. We, like, it was, uh... There's nothing out there that was, like, compelling me to go into the movies anyways. Yeah, it wasn't really, like, I wasn't itching to go. No. I'm ready to go back, because I do want to see some... Well, I do want to go to the movies, but, like, I don't know, I don't know what I want to watch. Well, I think starting mid this month, we should be getting... Some good stuff? Some good stuff, and then getting progressively better, as we talked about uh, in our last episode. I sure hope so. Um... It's uh, it's gonna start with Alita Battle Angel, which we're probably not gonna do an episode on. I kind of want to. I want to too, but like that time is so hectic. When does it come out? Valentine's Day. Oh. Well. Yeah, we're trying to figure out uh, a format to do an Oscars episode before the Oscars. It's gonna be a little hard because like there's a couple movies we need to see, and we have to figure out which uh, categories we really want to focus on. Well. Yeah, we're probably out of time to go. We're probably out of time to do an episode on Alita. Not around the time it comes out, at least. No. Um, I heard it's not great though. <laughs> no. Yeah, so that's what's going on with that. Um, it's also a little hectic because we're actually going to be in California on the day of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get that out there before we, you know, before we get there. We need a canon episode for that week too. No. Oh, that's right, because we're doing... We're going to do, um, probably Happy Death Day to you. Yeah. Oh, we need to watch the first one, then. Do we really? I mean, it's a, it's a sequel. It's like, a, it relates to the first one. 
I mean, I feel like the trailer kind of told you everything. Mm, kind they of told a... you who the chick, the chick was killing her or whatever. Yeah, but I still want to see it. I heard it's good. Yeah, that's what I heard too. We watched it on a plane. You sure we put it on the iPad? Yeah. Uh, okay, so back to Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, Listen, we need to fill this, this episode up with some... Some, uh... Some time. Some vamping, because I don't have a whole lot to say about this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's just... Okay, so let's start with, uh, the cast. It's got a good cast. It's got a... By all accounts, yeah. Yeah, by all accounts, it's got a good cast. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is great, as always. Uh, I gotta talk about his career real quick. Of all, like, premier actors, he's mm. had... He's one of the guys with the most, like, fascinating career. It's most varied. It's really... It's so strange, like, uh... I'm trying to think off the top of my head a couple movies that he's done and like the span of four years I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go through them I'm just gonna like I, I'm gonna start off with uh he's in Bubble Boy that's right like, like okay I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up right now it's from 2001 till 2005 let's go with so he's in Donnie Darko Bubble Boy uh, Lovely and Amazing The Good Girl Highway, Moonlight Mile, those were all, like, indie films, I guess. I never heard of them. Never heard of them. And then he was in The Day After Tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in, like, and the one he did after that was, a, like, a movie. Mm. Brokeback Mountain. He did that right after Day After Tomorrow? He did some documentaries in between, but, like, the That's next feature bad. film was Brokeback Mountain. So, my introduction to Jake John Hall was Day After Tomorrow... I, look, I've seen that movie before. It's, it's great. Ri- it's ridiculous. I love that movie. I, I never realized that was him. I saw it such a long time ago. Mm. Before I really like started picking up on actors and whatnot. He's um, one of the very few to watch is Donnie Darko. It's 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 good. It's overrated, but it's good. It's a good can't, movie. I can't with the film with the film nerds. Are we not film nerds? Not like that. We, I mean, kind of like that. <laughs> okay, film snobs. How about that? I suppose. I don't know. Okay, so after- Listen, listen, listen. Okay. Too many white boys have told me I need to watch Dying Darko, so therefore, I don't need to watch Dying Darko. Understandable. I'm just saying. Like, it's a- I've seen it, and it's a good movie. That's all, that's all <sighs> I can say. So, okay, since... Since, uh, what you call it? Since Brokeback Mountain, he did a couple other movies. Uh, he did... like the- I'll go through the big ones. He did Jarhead, which is okay. Zodiac, which is fantastic. fantastic. Uh, this movie called uh, this movie got in trouble for us, right? Prince of Persia. Oh yeah. He did that. I forgot about that. I uh, think you'd also like for us to forget he did that. He absolutely would. Uh, this movie called End of Watch, which is like about cops. Apparently, it's oh, really good. Oh yeah. It looked yeah, yeah. really good. I heard I it. Re- I heard it's really good. Uh, he did Prisoners, which is fantastic. So need to watch that. It's a, it's a, it's killer. Uh, Nightcrawler, which is... Who wrote this movie, wrote and directed this movie. Yeah, he, he, Dan Gilroy directed that, too. And that movie's a lot better than this one. One. Yeah. And two, the fact that he was not nominated for any, like, really big award for that movie is a crime. What year was that? 2014. To our there wasn't anything really big going on that year. I mean... Like, for Oscars? Yeah. Like, for the 2015 ceremony? Yeah. I'm gonna look it up in a moment. Uh, so then after that he did... He... Here's the thing about him. He does movies that are either really bad or really good. Yeah. Like, he he's a great actor, but he just keeps doing, like, flip-flopping on roles. And he's great in all of them. It's just, like, 
Listen, that that just goes to my theory that in order to do the good shit the actors really want to do, they gotta do some bullshit stuff that they don't want to do. Yeah, I I got down that. He's also so young still. Yeah. Like not like twenties young, but like thirty. He's thirty eight. He's got a lot of career ahead of him. Mm. What? No, he looks good for thirty eight. He does. That is a beautiful man right there. I you um, know. What? So it was kind of a big year for that. For, um, Best Picture. Let me see what... I got it up already. I think for Best Picture, the Best Actor. Oh, uh, yeah, I see. Yeah. We didn't really need Bradley Cooper as Chris Kyle that year, did we? No, we didn't. You could take out... You could take him out and put, like, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in. Listen, they could take out Eddie Redmayne and... I thought you liked that movie. Oh, you know. I don't like him. You like the imitation game. Yeah. Which is kind of, like... I, I get those confused because it's like math and science. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I know Alan Turing is not like Stephen Hawking, but whatever. Oh, that was the year Gone Girl. Oh, that's a great movie too. Mm-hmm. But we're not, well, this is not the Gone Girl podcast. No, it's not. Alright, so, as you can see, this movie that we're about to talk about, eh, there's not much really to it. Like, right, oh, what's the plot of this movie, Sarah? Essentially, it's about this dude named Morph something. Vanderwalt. Yeah. Okay. First of all, all these actors, or not all these actors, all these characters have weird ass names. And uh, I don't know if it's just like. I think this movie is supposed to be satire, like satire on like the art world, like, like the high art world, and like how it's like very. I don't know. Elitist? Yeah. Or like money driven or something like that? Yeah. That's I think that's what I'm getting from it. Yeah. But. So I guess maybe that's like a play with like the weird name or whatever. But. So this guy, uh, Morph. What is my called? Worf. Um. Who's a <laughs> art critic who's ha- like in a failing relationship with some dude. So he has like a one night stand with one of his co workers or. Something I don't really know like what she does, and so it's kind of it starts off like with the with like the interpersonal lives of like these people like in this like little like art circle based in L.A. and then Miami Beach. No, but it's mostly in L.A. No, it's Miami Beach. But they go back to L.A. No, Miami. No, they're at the LACMA. Oh, they do go L.A. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I forgot about that. To be fair, I did not pay too much attention to this movie because it did not hold it. Um, but then the one girl, what's her name? Josefina? Yeah. Like, this dude dies in her apartment building and find out that it was an artist. And so she steals all of the work because she's trying to, like, uh, save some face from uh, a previous, like, bad experience at her job. That's run by, like, this high-end, like, a uh, gallery owner, uh... Redora Hayes. Yeah. Dude, the names of this movie are ridiculous. Who apparently used to be in a band called Velvet Buzzsaw, hence the name. We'll get to, we'll get to that. Um... And then basically, like, people, like, whoever, like, profited off of this, um, art that they found started, like, disappearing or dying because it was, like, the artist's explicit wish 
Excuse me. Wish that he wanted all of his work destroyed. And they didn't go after his wish. They chose to profit off of his work instead of, like, getting rid of it. Yeah. So, it's a satire horror film. Here's the thing, though. It was not satire enough or horror enough. It definitely wasn't horror enough. I can see the satire in it, but it was not horror enough. Uh, let's, let's talk about the satire side. What was the message of this movie? Uh, art isn't about the art. It's about the money behind it. Or rather, like, it should be about the art, and then they make it about the money, right? I mean, six, one, one, half dozen, the other, yeah. Yeah, I guess. It just, it didn't grab me. Like, the message didn't grab me. My, I think, later on, I started to pick up on that message, but they just, like, threw, like, a bunch of characters at you. Yeah. Who, like... A lot of them end up being just minor characters anyway, so it's hard to, like, kind of parse out, like, do I need to really pay attention to this person or not? Yeah, it, it just, it, I guess the feeling of the characters is supposed to be superficial because the art world is superficial. I guess that's what they're trying to go for. Yeah. But it doesn't really work like that in a movie. No. You have to establish characters and, like, what their point is. Instead, it just kind of just through the characters, like you said. Yeah, and I mean, I think if we're just talking about the satire, I think it works because I feel like when you're at that certain echelon of like, like art dealing and like certain galleries and like willing dealing with like museums to get put on like exhibitions and stuff like that, it's all about how much money the artist can generate that gallery or that museum, not so much the art. The, the art or the talent or the message behind it. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, like art critique in this movie that seems very shallow. Yeah, well, I think like it, it touches on how um, now like a lot of things are just like like I feel like a lot of like. A lot of, uh, especially when it comes to creative stuff, a lot of businesses are, like, are just, like, uh, like social media driven. Yeah. So, like, like the only thing that, that businesses seem to care about are if, like, they're trending, or if, like, their shit becomes a meme, or if, like, like, their particular, like, brand, or, like gallery or whatever gets like a million followers and stuff like that yeah the, the big thing in this movie where uh, like morph is somebody who writes about art mm. and basically his word makes or breaks like art yeah like, art pieces art exhibits <clears throat> so it basically like it ebbs and flows through him right like so like he's like the be all and all of, of the art world and based in miami or la whichever part he's based out of which is unclear to me yeah i kind of um I kind of just went through Miami because I saw in the beginning of the movie, it starts at Art Basel, which is in Miami. It's like a big thing out there. Yeah. So it confused me a little bit. Um, so here's the thing. Um, this movie tries to portray rich people as like very bougie and up their own ass. Mm -hmm. And they are. But I, I feel like people know that already. Yeah, this isn't like a cutting, a cutting critique on the super wealthy. It isn't. It's or just, just wealthy. Yeah, it's, it's something that we've already seen before. And personally, I've seen it done better. Yeah. 
You're seeing Wall Street? Like, come on. That's a good, that's a good like, critique of the wealthy. Uh, sorry, uh, our bunny is like being really adorable right now. Um, so yeah, the, the critique of the of like the rich people is so heavy handed in this movie. Yeah, like uh, it it just it, it was disappointing. The other thing that had nothing to do with the story that really bothered me was all the Starbucks product placement. Dude, not even the Starbucks, all the product placement in this movie. That was the only thing that really like that really like jumped out at me. Like. You got, like, you got Starbucks, T-Mobile, iPhone, uh, a couple car companies. Yeah. Well, okay, so with that, though, like, I feel like you have to think a little bit more with, like, the cars especially. To be like, oh, that's a BMW or it's an 80s or Mini Cooper or whatever. But, like, with Starbucks, I feel like if you just see a white coffee cup and a green and white, like, label, it's, it's regardless big. of what the label is... You it's, automatically think of Starbucks. Yeah, I guess that's, like, part of the point, though, to, like... Because people will say Starbucks is, like, elitist, and mm. it's expensive, and it is expensive. I don't know about elitist, but it's expensive. And people drinking Starbucks regularly like that, in such, like, vast quantities. Yeah. I guess it's, like, these people have money for that, I guess. Or maybe it's, I don't know. I mean, I think it's really fair to say, like, Starbucks coffee, while it tastes good, isn't necessarily the best coffee you could possibly drink. And so, like, I don't know if it's a critique on, like, oh, well, these people in the high art were looking for, like, originality and things to sell because it's one of a kind, but they're buying coffee from a chain that's, like, on every other street corner. Yeah, especially in L.A. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they're going for. I don't know if maybe Netflix had some sort of money deal with them, which I think is more likely. Because, like, it was, like, a... It wasn't just, like... Like, the character was just, like, holding, like, a... Uh, a coffee a, cup. A coffee cup or a carrying thing. Like, no, no. You see it when was they, like, the it, logo was there. Yeah. Like, the logo of the coffee cup. The logo of Starbucks was very visible. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. The budget of this movie was pretty good. How much was it? 21 million. Damn. Yeah. And, like, I don't know how... I, I don't really know how to measure money success on a Netflix film. Yeah, it's a it, well. It's hard to to figure out these metrics now because it's all streaming. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I guess it has. I guess for streaming content, it goes by like how many individual views. Yeah, it, it something like that. Uh, but those are internal numbers, though. Yeah, they won't put those out still. Also, I want to point out that this movie you can go see in a theater. You can. Yeah. Really. Oh uh, yeah, there, there was a showing when I looked it up in New York somewhere. That makes sense. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, but like. Like I feel like it's silly to go see this movie. Yeah, <laughs> like you're really gonna ask me to spend like at least ten bucks to go sit in a theater when I can just sit at home and like in, like in I, my in my pajamas. Like there's a difference in watching a movie in a theater, but yeah, like, this isn't this isn't the case though. It's already at home. Yeah. It's already in my black streaming box. Yeah, whatever that may be. It's just a, it's frustrating. My other thing too is. I know, I like the idea of more and more, like, bigger budget movies with, you know, A-list actors being readily to stream. But I, the, the, I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I just, I like that it's a new trend. It hasn't really paid off well in terms of story, yeah. but it, it can only get better, in my opinion. It's a good trend, but the problem to me, and this is, like, a really simple thing that, is it good? Is it, like, 
it might be a meme. It might be like hot in like on the internet or something. But is it a good movie? Because you can have a hot movie, but nobody like remembers a hot movie. They remember a good movie. You know what I mean? No, I understand what you're saying. Like, no one's going to remember Bird Box at the end of this year. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, I don't think it should just be up to these huge, like, production companies and huge, like, um, like, uh, like media, media conglomerates. Yeah, just to be the ones that put out content. I mean, to be fair, Netflix and its own right is a media conglomerate. Yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm, I think we're talking about two different things, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the movie has to be good. Well, That's all I'm asking well, for. Yeah, it has to be good. I'm just saying, I like that this is the new trend because Netflix has put out three movies with either a like well-known director or well-known actors. Who's the third one? Roma. Right, 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 right. It's up on the corner, and it's nominated for an Oscar, a couple best, Oscars. Yeah, for best picture. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Like, I'm not saying. No, but the thing is, you're right. The content has to be good because just because. You have A-list actor. Well, well, it's the same thing. Just because you have an A-list actor in a movie doesn't, doesn't make equate it. to a good movie. Yeah. You, you see that already in theaters. Yeah, like, like this one's a perfect example. This has J- Jake Gyllenhaal in it, and it's like, okay. Well, I think the other thing, too, with this was, like, they really hyped it up as being the person who wrote and directed Nightcrawler. Yeah, and Nightcrawler is, like... Way an, better. It's an in- insanely good movie. I think the other thing, too... Is like, <clears throat> like I feel like culturally we're starting to find that like, like we're it's less and less permissible to be rich and like, I frankly I don't care about a story about rich people. That's yeah. why I love Nightcrawler because about just like this a dude, guy. this dude who scammed his way into trying to be. He scammed his way into like this seedy underworld and yeah. makes money off of it. Yeah. And he's a creepy guy. Yeah. This he's, one's... A, he's so up, like, off-putting and upsetting in that movie. I love am, it. It's amazing. But this one's just about like, rich people. Yeah. That doesn't do anything for me. No, it doesn't. Like, I don't... At the end of the day, I'm never gonna own, like, a piece of art that's worth $8 million. I'm probably never gonna see $8 million. I don't, like, I don't... I don't see the point of owning that much, that kind of art anyway. Because, like, it's just gonna sit on my wall. Yeah. Stuff like that should be in a museum. Like, I, I get museums need to buy them, yeah. but they have money for that. They should be seen by people for, like, not... Like, like they should be seen by the public. They should be appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. Not, like, owned by people. But, whatever. Back to the movie. Um, so, I think it's uh, one part of that. I just, I, you know, I don't, I don't care about these rich white people. Yeah, I really don't. I will say this, though. I like Jake Gyllenhaal's outfits. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, I like, and his glasses kind of remind me of mine. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, okay, so, I mean, the performances are fine. The, the performances are not the problem. Like No, one well, of the uh, performances is bad. Oh, we'll get to her. Um, Renee Russo's fine. Tony Collette, God bless her, she made she made um, diamonds out of coal. The coal being this dialogue. Um, w. Diggs is in this for a little bit, and he's kind of just playing W. Diggs, but it's fine. John Malkovich, who is in everything lately. Uh, he's in this, and he's great in his bit role. Mm-hmm. He plays like an artist who's struggling with sobriety. I would rather see a movie about that than this. Yeah, That's right. like a fascinating concept. Like an artist who used to be hot because he was drunk, now is sober trying to figure out where his place is in the art world. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating concept right there. Um, 
Yeah, those performances are fine. There's one that we have to talk about. So, you mentioned the character of Josephina. She's played by Zawe Ashton. Mm. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, Zawe Ashton, excuse me. That's mm. uh, bad. It's really bad. It's very flat. <laughs> yeah, she has one facial express expression, and it's just like... It's just like stone face, essentially. Yeah. Stone face, slightly open mouth. Yeah. Uh, her performance is bad. Her character is the worst. Yeah. It's one thing to have a character that's an asshole and have that character play extremely well. Yeah. It's worked in so many mediums. Like, uh, one of my favorite characters on TV right now, not movie, but uh, Cersei Lannister. Mm. She's the worst person, but she's played fantastically. And it makes me like her because she's horrible. But in this case, there's nothing, there's nothing likable about this character... Is not even performed well about this character. Yeah. Also, like, I don't like that she's the only person of color yeah, in I, this. Well, and that, the V-Dicks? Oh, well, as, like, a main cast person. That's fair. Um, who, like, she, I mean, I can't speak to her acting skills. I have never seen her in anything else. But, like, as far as, like, getting this character, it's not great. Yeah, it, it's really not. Um, okay, so we talked about the performances, talked about the plot. What's oh, the... okay, sorry, I have one more thing. Um, okay, so, oh, actually, two, two, two things. This is just a high production value of Ari Free of the Dark. Yes. It's literally all it is. It's yeah. just like that and, like, two hours longer. And two, um, there was, okay, so you find out that, um, there was a character named Dees, the artist. Uh, yeah, his name is, um... Ventral Dees. Ventral Dees. What, what is this? That's such an artist name. So, so like... Uh, hold on, before we continue, I just want to get to the names of some of these characters. We already touched on Morph Vandewalt, uh, Redora Hayes, Gretchen is an artist name, uh, Josephina, John Dondon, <laughs> uh, there's a Coco. Yeah. Uh, Reich, Bryson, that's an artist, that's just a guy. Piers, Ventral Dees... Claudio. Uh, Who's Claudio? I don't remember. Me, I don't remember this character. And then uh, Ray Ruskinspear. These are all real character names in this movie. It's like, okay. You know, there's artists out there named Keith. Or were artists named Keith. And Pablo. And uh, John. <laughs> that, that, well, that's actually kind of an arty name. Right? What? Uh, John Basquiat. Oh, John. I thought it's a John. It's like Jean, the French John. Yeah. Um, Jean. Jean. Um, what other artist names are like normal? Henry. Henry. Matisse. Uh, Henri Matisse. Oh God, Henry's a Henry's a regular name. Yeah. Jackson. Well, that's an art. That's an artist name. Never mind. The point is, artists have regular names too. Yeah. Um. Georgia. Andy. Anyways. George is an artist name. Hmm? George is an artist name, a state name, and a country name. That's right. These are Kevin's three facts about Georgia. Yes. Capital City Tbilisi. <laughs> and we kind of need to press the mind Keys. Anyways, uh, back to my... Now, that I've, now I've forgotten the second thing I want to talk about. Thank you. You're welcome. You'll come, I'll come back to you. No, it won't. Yes, it will. Just, oh, I remember what it was. So, <laughs> there, there it is. Interrupting me. Yeah, sorry about that. No, you're not. I am. Um, so we find out that, uh, Deese, like, had a terrible childhood or whatever, and, like, I guess, like, because he died, he's, like, 
his like evil energy would like like pass through the art or something. I don't really know. They don't really explain it. Yeah, we'll get to but, we'll get to that in a but second. But like, there is like a voiceover like montage by Jake Gyllenhaal about like the like the life of these, and it, it was just like it was like a uh Gilroy watched a bunch of like true crime documentaries. Yeah. And I'm just like, we're gonna do it just like that. That's so ridiculous. It, it, like, it, it like just broke like the format of the movie and the style. It was very, very strange. And just very heavy handed with the exposition. It was. Uh, I want to talk about the horror in this movie. What horror? Exactly. See, this is like marketed as like a horror movie and it really isn't a horror movie. No. Because, first of all, this movie's not scary. No. There's nothing scary about this movie. Uh, there's, like, evil energy. There's, like, horror tropes. But they don't hit at all. Yeah. There's nothing to them at all. And then you have, um... Then you have, like, deaths in this movie, which are okay, but they're not really... They're not really anything. There's nothing horror about them. Nothing suspenseful, really, about these deaths. Yeah. It's more just, like, freaky stuff that happens. Like, they, they're presented in a horror movie way, but the conclusion is very, like, flat to me. Like, there's... Yeah. Like, uh... Here's, for instance, John Dondon, that character that mm-hmm. has a stupid name. He dies by being hung by, like, a ghost of Vetraldis. I guess? Yeah, yeah. They didn't really explain that very well, but he, he gets hung up by the demon. Or whatever. Ghosts. Ghosts. Whatever. I don't even know what to call it. He just gets hung up by that. And that's it for him. Like, yeah, it's a very horror movie, but there's nothing to it, really. There's no weight to it. There's no, like, interest Because there's, there's no resolution to, like, like defeating or escaping the... The, the, the ghost? The evil entity. Yeah. It's just, like, it just kind of ends. Yeah. Then there's uh, the death of, um, the only good death in this movie, really, that made sense to me, was uh, Gretchen, right? Uh, Tony Collette's character? Mm, yeah. Yeah, like, there's, a, there's an art exhibit called The Sphere, where you put your arm in, and you feel a sensation on your hand. Whatever. She puts her arm in after hours, after this museum is closed, and of course, in horror movie fashion, the machine eats her arm, mm-hmm. and she bleeds out. There's one good thing about that scene. Mm. The aftermath when they find her body. Mm, and they yeah. say, like, the people thought she was an art exhibit. That was good. Yeah. I like that. But other than that, it's just, uh... All the deaths were, like, kind of whack. Yeah. And spoiler alert, they all die, basically. Um, Except for Coco. Coco lives, thank God. She got the, she got the raw on the stick every time. She kept, catch, she kept finding dead bodies. Yeah. She seemed to be okay with that. I would have left her to the first one. Honestly. She found John Dundon, then she found Morph, who... No, she found uh, Gretchen and then Morph. Oh, yeah, she found Gretchen and then Morph and John. Yeah. She found three dead bodies in this movie. Uh, the way Morph died is stupid. Yeah. He gets his neck broke by this other art exhibit that's that like... That comes to life? It's like a robot that comes to life. And it says, like, creepy things that don't really mean anything. Breaks his neck against the fence. It, it was dumb. Josephina dies by, like, art enveloping her. She becomes part of the art. You know, you can kind of see her face screaming. Mm. It, it was... It was dumb. And then there's Redora. I really did not understand this. 
I don't know what the point was. Like, I, I guess the point was that she should have sold the art. Or she's like, she should not have sold the art. No, I know, but I don't understand. Like, I... How did... I, I was just confused. I mean, I guess... I don't know. Okay, I, I don't let, know. Let, me, let me explain what happens. Okay, so in earlier in the film, you see that Redora has a tattoo like right above, right below her neck, of the word "velvet buzzsaw," and it's like a buzzsaw shape. Okay, that's cool. Whatever, it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, so she dies by this tattoo beginning to spin and cutting her open, and it's like, why? Why does this happen? Now, I'm guessing it's because, like, tattoos are technically art because they're drawn. Mm. So I guess, like, the art killed her in the end. Yeah. But even if that's the case, that's so heavy-handed. Like, it's ironic that, like, the thing, like her original art, not not the collecting and buying and selling, but her music was the thing that killed her. I, no, I don't even know if that's what it is. I think it's just, like, the drawing that she got a long time ago killed her. Mm-hmm. Yours sounds better than mine, because that's, I'm picturing it because it's stupid. It's ridiculous. This, this entire thing is just like, it's just like a fever dream. Yeah, it really is. It's like an art fever dream. And there's like plot in between, like the art that doesn't I have, wouldn't call it plot. There, there are things that happen in the movie that yeah. have very little to do with like the overall plot. Like there's a storyline of, uh. The romance between Morph and Josephina. Which we could definitely done without. We could, like, it's not important. No. It's that, oh, okay, so Josephina's bro- boyfriend cheated on her, and she hooks up with Morph. Who cheats on his boyfriend. Yeah. Who then, Josephina asks Morph to bomb this guy, her ex-boyfriend's art thing, like, to give it a bad review, and it makes Morph guilty because he, the, 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 the ex-boyfriend, drives drunk and almost kills himself. Yeah. So then Josephina gets pissed off at him because he feels guilty and starts cheating on him with David Dick's character. And none of this matters. None of it is important to the plot. Nope. It just, it just stuff that happens to move the movie along. Like, what was the point of all this? I don't know. I just, I, it was a bad movie. <laughs> it was. And it's just like, it's just frustrating. A bad, it's just a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, my God, what a waste. And you know what? This is an insult for me saying that this is just a high production that I already afraid of the dark. Because at least that had some resolution. It did. It had a tight thirty. Yeah. And it was fine. <laughs> and it scared me as a kid. There you go. It just it was just so nothing. Yeah. And it it was trying to say something so hard. It ended up saying nothing at all. Which is worse than saying nothing at all. It's like, you tried and failed. At least if you said nothing, it's better than trying. Yeah. Ugh, it's annoying. Sarah, would you recommend this movie? No. Oh my god, insane. Ugh, I can't believe it's in theaters. Well, it's an art house theater. Oh, of course it is. Is the Alamo Draft House? No. Okay, they, that, the Alamo Draft House is good. I'm just saying, like, they, I would not be surprised if it was there. I got, I got nothing against you, Alamo guys. Um... <laughs> Hey, man, it's a good theater. I always wanted to go there. Same. Uh, I don't know what they play there, though. Like, I, I don't really check often enough. Everything I want to watch is really in like my local AMC cinema. Which is different, I know, but the thing is also, 
to go to the Alamo Draft House around here. We have to go into the city and make a whole day of it. It's a pain in the ass. Where is it? In New York? Uh, probably Lower East Side. I, don't, I wouldn't really know. Oh, I don't know. It's not. It's not far, but it's like I've never out been enticed enough to go to go out of my way to find out where it is. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on what's playing. Yeah, it's gotta be something really good that you can't get at your local cinema. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's Velvet Buzzsaw. That movie sucked. Yeah. I, and the worst thing is that it looked good. It was presented well. Oh, that's the, the, the trailer. The trailer made it look really good. And the, the other thing, I was really excited because I haven't seen any, haven't seen Jake Gyllenhaal do anything in a while. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, all right, cool. He's in a couple movies that are really good, apparently. That uh, like the one about the Boston bombing. Hmm. He's in a movie about that, and like he plays a guy. Not who, the Mark Wahlberg one. No, 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 no. It's similar concept, different character. Okay. And. Really good, apparently. Mm. Also, apparently the Mark Wahlberg one is really good, too. Uh. Patriot Day? I think it was called? Yeah, I caught like half of it at a nail salon one time. Was it bad? Was it good? I'm not gonna lie, I kind of want to stick around to watch it. <laughs> I get that. But you know what? It was Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that and like, this whole thing with Liam Neeson reminded me of the shitty thing he did. Yeah, yeah. Mark Wahlberg's a bad person, if you didn't know. Yeah. Um, it's just, oh, man. Do, do we have, can we talk about this Liam Neeson thing real quick? Yeah, please. Um, he's insane. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's a racist. He, I don't care what anyone says, he is 1,000% a racist. He's a racist, and, um, what incensed him to reveal that in an interview? I don't know. Like... Okay, my thing is, if he was trying to, like, express that, like, he has felt some sort of, like, personal sense of revenge. Fine. Literally, he could have editorialized that story and been like... I just went out looking for the guy. I went looking for the guy because I was so incensed by what the horrible thing that happened to my friend. But Full no. stop, but no. He had to include black. He had to say black bastard. Like, he... He made it racist, and, like, he could say he's not racist all he wants. Yep. And he could actually mean it, but the, in the court of public opinion, he's a racist. racist. He's a flat-out racist. And this is a... And, like, he'll be fine, because, like, that's how these things turn out. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my... It, it's upsetting that he'll be fine. Yeah. It's just a pain in the ass that he's going to be okay. Like, I keep seeing that he's got Good Morning America, mm-hmm. and he's doing, like, media appearances. He's got a good PR team, I'll say that much. My thing is, like... I'm so tired of seeing people like, well, you know, people make mistakes, blah, 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 blah. Like. Yeah, and? (laughs) Like, that's fine. We're all allowed to make mistakes. But he never once admitted to why it was wrong. Exactly. He never acknowledged why it was wrong. And like, fucking, like, he's thinking, oh, it's 40 years ago. You're still a grown-ass person at that point. It's it's ridiculous. It's just, it's just frustrating. I saw a tweet somewhere said, like, it was very succinct, like, um, uh, William Neeson was just a George Zimmerman looking for a Trayvon Martin. Yeah, it was really ironic that, like, the conversation around this happened, uh, as of, like, as of, on, on his birthday. As of recording, this is, uh, the day after Trayvon Martin's birthday. Yeah. Um, so, the conversation was really peaking yesterday. Yeah. So, it, it was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, that's just enough about, uh... Liam Neeson for now. Mm. This I, I feel like this story's not gonna go away anytime soon. <laughs> no. We'll be back. I saw I saw um uh a tweet that was 
uh, Liam Neeson's out as Revenging Dad, <laughs> replaced with John Cho in Searching. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. If you haven't seen that movie, you need to go watch Searching. It is a fantastic movie. Had a wonderful twist at the end. Did I, not see it coming. I need you to, if you're going to watch Searching, I need to stress this. Do not look anything up about it. No, you will ruin it for yourself. Don't look anything about it. Just watch it. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. And shout out to John Cho. He is awesome. He is awesome. And he is also Sarah's crush. I mean, how can he not be? And understandable. All right. So that was Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, What are we doing next? Probably Oscar stuff. No, we have a week between that. No, we don't, actually. Oh, oh. No, no, no. no, Wait, sorry. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Sorry. Uh, we got our days, I got my days mixed up. You know what I'll probably end up being? Wait, no, that'll be part of the Oscar one. Uh, uh... I mean, we could do an Oscar movie. Like, one. But, like, we can't do all of them. We could pick one that we want to do. You know what we should do? So, Why don't we do a rewatch of an Oscar movie we already seen, but never... Reviewed it? Reviewed it, and see if it's still as impactful as we... Oh, you mean A Star is Born? Well, I was thinking Black Panther. We don't need to do Black Panther. <laughs> we, we really don't. I really don't want to watch Star is Born again. I don't want to watch Black Panther again. I know it's great. I love the movie. Yeah, but, fine. like, like we, we haven't seen all the Oscar movies. Uh, I, 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 okay. Well, we, we might do a rewatch of an Oscar movie, or we'll do one we haven't seen. Other than that, do you have any other ideas? <laughs> no, but. I need to put an addendum. Wait, when's that new Soprano movie coming out? Ooh, I don't think it's coming out until next year. Oh, okay, never mind. I was going to say I had an addendum to the 2019, but... What do you mean? Tap uh, that. Oh, oh right, the, uh, the Excited For movie. Yeah. Um, let me just make sure it's coming out. When it's coming out. Um, it, it, that does seem like a very interesting movie. Um, when is it When is it supposed to come out? doesn't say. Uh, yeah, they might just still be in the casting phase of it. I think they are. I, I think they... I really think they are. And it might just be coming out like 2020. Yeah. Um, Alright, well, anyways. Um, that's gonna be good. Yeah. Don't watch this movie. Or, I mean, you can. It's free if you have Netflix. Is it really free at that point? Well, it's more free than having to leave your house and go to a theater. That is fair. And the best part of it is... Like, yeah, you're still paying sub, or a minimum of, like, $13 for Netflix. I think that's how much it is now. Yeah. Um, if, if you really break it down, you're getting, like, maybe 50 cents out of that subscription. Yeah. The other thing is, this. The thing is, like, if you don't like it, you can just literally turn on anything else. Honestly. And still get your money's worth out of your subscription. It's amazing. It is. Um, we live in a golden age. I don't care what anyone says. Honestly. Um, so yeah, we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do next week, and then we'll do, uh, Oscars week after that. Yep. And then we have a little treat for when we're in L.A. We gotta figure that out, though. The logistics. Yeah. But it'll be fun. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this has been Sims Talk with Kevin. And Sarah. And, uh... Don't watch this movie. Don't watch this movie. And, uh, have a good, have a good day. Yeah. We love you guys. Yes, we do. Alright. Ciao. Bye. Peace. Later. <laughs> That's all I got. Bye. <laughs>